Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Jay Kelfer is a lifestyle entrepreneur, life elevator, and coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers, helping people create incredibly impactful and profitable businesses. He is the best-selling author of Elevate Beyond, Elevate Your Network, and just released The Elevated Entrepreneur a high-energy motivational speaker and the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which helps NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. He has been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and many other media outlets. Connect with Jake on social media at Jake Kelfer. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Did you know there's an island in the Mediterranean where the cost of living is a fraction of where you live now? Where the property value is one-third of any other Mediterranean country? Where you can swim in the cleanest waters in Europe? Where you can enjoy 300 days per year of sunshine, eat organic food, live in one of the safest countries in the world, while being surrounded by breathtaking sea and mountain views. Welcome to North Cyprus. The amazing quality of life on the island of Cyprus has been known for many centuries. Many come to Cyprus today to invest in a booming property market. Wynn Campus is a unique concept where growth-minded individuals come together to focus on optimal health, collaboration, business growth, and building a lifelong community like you've never experienced before. Investments start at 77,000, 30% down, and no interest payment plan. To learn more, schedule a discovery call at masterleadership.org forward slash travel and learn about investing in a place where you come alive. If you want to make money and change lives by selling your knowledge online, do not launch an online course. Only 6% of those are ever completed. Create instead your own branded app and launch the ultimate learning experience that sells. Passion.io is a drag-and-drop platform where you create interactive content to sell using your own branded app. Forget any tech hassles. You deserve a platform that makes it easy. You can move your existing clients, you can reach new clients, or you can even swap your online course for something that actually works. 
delight clients with downloadable and even live content. You can trigger instant action using push notifications, generate more revenue with single touch payment, and you can stream across all devices. Best yet, try it for free for 14 days. Go to masterleadership.org forward slash passion and get started today. Welcome, Jake Kelfer. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. Lily. Thanks so much for having me on today. Well, we're so happy and elevated that you're part of this podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? I am ready to give all of the elevation. Awesome. So tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Yeah, so for me, leadership has played a big role in my life. From very young, I've always wanted to be more and to do more. And I've always wanted to bring people along the journey with me. And I'm very lucky that I was able to play sports at a high level. And I'm also very lucky that my parents were able to guide me on this great path and show me what it meant to be a leader and what it meant to be an example for other people. And I remember my mom always telling me to be my own man, to be my own person. And as I got older and as I've really experienced things, the big thing for me, as my word is elevate, right? It was always for me to bring people to stand for something greater than themselves and to help people achieve their true definition of success. And so now I've been able to do that in a variety of ways from writing multiple books, to speaking all over the world, to helping NBA players sign their first contract, to coaching entrepreneurs to their first six figures and beyond. And so leadership has kind of just been a part of everything that I've done. And I love working with people on leadership and being a part of it. You are an anomaly. Being so young and getting this is massive. I picked up a couple of things. Since you were young, you wanted to be more and do more. Where did that come from? I've always been intrinsically motivated by greatness. And and greatness, I think, can be defined in such a variety of ways. But for me, it was really all about, like, when I was on my basketball team, I was the underdog. I was the smallest guy on the court, and I wanted to do something better than everyone else. I wanted to be in the NBA, right? I set the dreams as high as I could. And in everything that I did, like, even if I never achieved that, right? Like I didn't make the NBA, but because I had shot for the stars, I landed on the moon, right? Or whatever the phrase is, right? And for me, the big thing is that I've always wanted to do things at the highest level because that will enable me to bring more people with me. Because the further I go, the more great people I get to meet along the way, but also the more I get to bring with me. And we've seen that in everything that I've been able to do from just being very academically gifted in school, being able to then use that to tutor kids and to get them to get good grades to get in their dream schools. Or when I was in college, help my friends to be able to get the internships based off the knowledge that I had. And I think a big part of leadership is being able to take what you learn and use it to inspire and give back to the people that could use your information to speed up their processes. And who have you learned from? <laughs> this list is endless. We could spend the whole podcast on this, Lily. Well, with, here's, there, here's why this matters because we're speaking to leaders in education, leaders all over. Um, You're a young guy and you get this. And I love it that you get this. I mean, even as I'm speaking, I'm elevated. Even through Zoom, you bring my spirits up. And that's a gift, but we learn that somewhere. And that's why I'm asking, because it's important that we be learners. My two biggest influences in terms of me learning and really growing myself are my parents. I'm 27 years old right now, and and I've had my parents for 27 years be the the greatest role models I could have. Anytime you learn from somebody for 27 years, you're going to become part of their mentality. 
And my dad is somebody who's an entrepreneur, very disciplined, gets up early, has shown me what it means to be a dad and what success looks like because he made every single one of my sporting events from the time I was five until I graduated high school and finished my last basketball game. That to me showed me what a man can do and how you take care of your family. And then my mom, she was a clinical social worker, graduate school professor, psychologist. Like she has the most amazing spirit and kindness and empathy and vulnerability. And she taught me how to do that as a person growing up. And so they have been my biggest role models and people that I've learned from. But I've also learned from very specialized people based off what I want to do to help other people. So when I was starting my business, I looked to who's the best speaker that I can get in front of right away and learn from. I pulled everyone that I knew and they started recommending people. I started going to them for mentorship, right? And learning from them, asking the right questions, really listening and adjusting and adapting. And so I think that there have always been people, but I think it stems to one, being receptive and being coachable two, knowing that you don't know everything. And then also is asking the right questions to the right people. Because a lot of times we just ask questions and hope to get an answer that we already kind of expect. But when you ask the right questions, you get the answer that was really the one that you needed at that given time. That'll help your growth exponentially. And so I think that those are some of the people that I've learned from and some of the lessons that I've taken away so that I can always continue to learn from more and more people as I go. Your parents did a fantastic job and they were very intentional and it shows. Okay, so you say to ask the right questions. Give us some tips on how you develop the right questions. Of course. So let's break this down a little bit. Is there a situation that you want to talk about a little bit? Is it peer-to-peer? Is it peer-to-mentor? Is it somebody trying to get access to someone? Is it pitching to a customer? Is it working with adult to kid? Like pick an area and then we'll expand upon that so that we can give real specific stuff to everyone who's listening. All right. So let's say we want to learn about leadership. We want to learn how to motivate those who we lead. How can we add value? This is a great question. How do we add value? How do we get in touch with people who have the answers we seek, who clearly are motivated and excited and know what they're doing while we're struggling, we're trying to figure it all out. Unbelievable situation, unbelievable question that we can dive into. So one of the first things that we talk about when it comes to really asking these questions is I'm a big believer in research, but doing it in a fun way. Okay. And what I mean by that is today, more than ever before, Instagram and social media is more accessible to people that we want to get in touch with who may not otherwise have been accessible to in the past. And so one of the things that I always say is we tell people, go do the fun fact frenzy. Okay. And the fun fact frenzy states, you go to the social media profile, you scroll through and in like an appropriate way, you look at all their stuff, all their pictures, you learn some fun facts about them, see if they have commonalities, see if there's products that they have that you could really enjoy, see if they went to the same schools, the same college, they like the same sports teams, they have the same amount of kids or family members, anything along those lines, right? Once you do that, that's how you start to break the ice is you mention that commonality, you mention that, okay? So now what you've done, and we're all setting it up for the right question, because you can't just go in and just ask somebody a random question, because they're gonna be like, who the heck are you? Right, like why would I respond to this? So you set it up that way, and then the question that you ask needs to be something relevant to the topic we're discussing, right, for motivation, but not something that they're likely to be asked 100 times because then they get bored and they might not respond because like, well, I already responded to this question. I kind of already did my response and engagement already, right? 
Because a lot of times when we're reaching out to the people to learn these things, they're the ones that everyone else is asking for, right? Because we turn to them as a thought leader, as someone that we can really learn from. So what you do here is you frame the question of how can I be more motivated to changing it and asking the same question in a different light. So how can I be more motivated? Well, maybe you change it to when you were at the lowest of lows in your life, what was the thing that changed your trajectory? We're kind of doing this on the spot and I'd probably put a little more thought into this. But what you do is you reframe the question so that it makes the person reflect a little bit and it makes that person say, oh, this is kind of a unique way to answer this. And maybe what happens, I've found, is that the people start to answer with more stories. They start to answer more stories because you're bringing up a specific memory versus how do you motivate people? It's just going to be blanket statements because it's commonly asked. So when you ask the right question, it's basically taking the common question that you want to ask or most people ask and then reframing it in a way that's a little bit more unique. So instead of asking people, what is your best piece of advice? I ask people, what's the one thing that if you knew when first starting out would have accelerated your path to success exponentially? It changes it because now it makes them go back down memory lane versus just what's your best piece of advice. And you see how that little shift can create all the difference in somebody potentially responding versus not responding, which ultimately gives you the answers you need in that very moment. I love it. So here I am listening to your questions. So you ready? Yep. In your lowest of lows during this crisis, what has changed your trajectory? It is a great question. And for me, you know, and as I'm thinking about it, like it immediately brings back uh, an early COVID memory, which is, you know, as a speaker, as a person that puts on events and as a speaker, business in March and when, when, when this first started, it kind of went from going to be my best year of all time to holy crap, what the heck's about to happen, right? And the low was that I started to have all the emotions. Now, of course, do I still believe that I was going to do amazing things? Yeah. But in that moment, it was like, oh my gosh, my entire book of business just got shut down overnight for the next two months. What am I going to do? And the one thing that really brought me continuously back is acknowledging the negative thoughts and then reframing them. But two is really focusing on the gratitude and the graciousness of everything that I currently do have. Because even though speaking gigs got canceled, I could still live in my apartment. I still had all my friendships. I still had access to new people. I still had people that wanted to learn from me. I still had family that was in good health. I had so many things to be grateful for. I had sunshine. I could walk outside. Like there were so many amazing things that I saw in my life. And whenever I got to a low point in that time process, I acknowledged that I was feeling that way rather than just stuffing it down. I acknowledged it, told that low that they're not going to beat me. They are not going to beat me and they're not going to break me, but I'm going to come out stronger. And then I focused on what I was really grateful for and how I can use that to just keep going. Jake, I love who you are in this world. I love listening to you. And it's only been a couple of minutes. And you've hit on key points. And one of them, and this is a thread that goes through all awesome leadership, is gratitude. And you nailed it. Now, where can we connect with you? I hear you wrote a book or two. Tell us about that. So my first book that I wrote, I actually wrote while I was driving to my office at the Lakers. I worked for Los Angeles Lakers and I would get up in the morning because I'm from LA. I'm from LA and I hate traffic. So I would get up at like 5.30 in the morning, drive to beat traffic and then sit in my car for an hour and a half, two hours before the workday started and just bang out this book. And so when Kobe retired, I retired and I launched my first book and that's called Elevate Beyond, which is all about how to stand out in the job market and discover your passion. And then my second book, 
I wrote, which is called Elevate Your Network, 25 Keys to Building Extraordinary Relationships in Life and Business. And I wrote this book after I had started to see really great success in my businesses because I realized that everything that got me to that point in my life was due to the relationships that I had built. And I realized that, that we are in the business of people. And if we don't focus on the who and we only focus on the what, we just will never achieve what we want to achieve in life, nor will we we'll ever be able to have the impact we want. And so I wrote that book and that's been a big premise of everything that I've done. So to get a copy of that book, just go to Instagram at Jake Kelfer. Link is in the bio. Just click it, grab a copy. We'll send it to your door right away. And that's how you can also connect with me on Instagram at Jake Kelfer and on my website, jakekelfer.com. And what was that process of writing those books like? Oh, the, the, literally the processes were crazy. I'll do the first one because the second one was a little easier since I'd already done it. But the first one, I had no idea what I was doing, okay? Because I thought originally that I had to be very successful and then I could write a book once I had the credibility, right? And I had achieved financial gains and financial success and, and everything. But when I wrote this book, a mentor told me that I had great content and I needed to write this book. Here's the problem though. Like I said, I had no idea what to do. I didn't have a huge email list. I didn't have anything that like people would say to do before you have a book out. I just said, I have a message and I think it's going to make a difference and I know it can help people. Literally, I just started writing. I just started writing and writing and writing and just bang that out as quick as possible. And then I said, well, what colors am I going to make this book? Like, I don't know what colors make the design, but I have a friend and I'm wearing a, a neon green. If you look behind me, it's neon green. One of my friends who's passed away, his favorite color was this green. And I said, you know what? This is going to be incredible. We're going to make this one in honor of him and that's going to be part of it. So that's why the book became Neon Green and Black. It was just that simple. And then I said, well, when am I going to launch this book? I don't know how to have a launch strategy. I don't know how to do this. So I looked at the Lakers season and the trajectory and we weren't going to make the playoffs. So I knew that Kobe Bryant was going to retire at the end of the month. And I said, okay, he'll retire at the end of the month. I'll retire with him at the same time. And then the first of the next month, I'll launch my book. And so May 1st was the date that I decided to launch my book. And at that time I had grassroots marketed the entire thing, learned all these different strategies. And voila, on May 1st, 2016, I released Elevate Beyond to the World and boom, it just started to change my life for the rest of it. So Elevate Beyond, you can get it on my website, jakekelfer.com. You can get it on Amazon, you can get it anywhere, and then Elevate Your Network on my Instagram, or you can get it on Amazon. That's K-E-L-F-E-R.com. Now, you mentioned Colby a couple of times. What's your connection with him? Colby has played a big role in my life. And I grew up in Southern California. We're huge Laker fans. My whole family is big Laker fans. We actually have a room in the house I grew up in called the Lakers room memorabilia on all of the walls, cardboard cutout life-size of Kobe in there. So like all of my sleepovers that I had growing up, we hung out with Kobe, right? We watched all the games. I mean, I probably spent more time with Kobe watching him play growing up as a kid who loved basketball more than almost anybody outside of my immediate family. I mean, every game we'd watch it, right? And then I had the chance to work for the team. And that was his final NBA season was when I worked for the team. So I got to see his last hoorah. I got to see him do his final things. I got to see the press and how excited everyone was. I got to see the impact he had. I got to watch him warm up. I got to be a part of really something incredible. Got to go to some events where he was doing Q&As for some of the brand partners that were a part of the organization at the time. So he played a big role in my life and I learned a lot from him and watching how he became the best in the world at his craft and what it takes to be the best in the world at your craft and how the journey is amazing. Um, and to see him be a great dad, do all the things he did after basketball before his 
tragic death, of course, mm -hmm. but he's played a big role in my life and in some of the lessons that I've learned. So clearly, Jake, you're a lifelong learner. What are you learning right now? What am I not learning right now? I mean, there are so many things that I'm trying to learn because I believe that the more knowledge I can gain, the more I can learn, that means the more I can impact other people, right? And so what I'm really focusing on and learning right now is how to be the best version of myself. So as a single person, as an entrepreneur, for me, dating is really important uh, as like my biggest goal in life is to have a wife and kids and to raise a family. Part of that stems from my upbringing. But to do that, I have to be the best version of myself and learn how to give myself and how to be in a relationship. So that's something that I'm constantly learning and exploring. But then also from a business standpoint, I'm constantly learning on how to deliver my message in a better way. I'm constantly learning how to find other ways to impact our audience. I'm constantly learning how to improve the stuff that I'm already very good at, but continuously improving so I can be, like I said, like Kobe, be the best in my craft. And you're clearly talented in many things. What's one thing that you're really working on? I appreciate that, by the way. <laughs> I think something that I'm really working on is I'm very ambitious. This is something that I've always been, as we've talked about, like I have the biggest aspirations and goals and dreams. And I think for the longest time in my life until the last couple of years, I was so future oriented and future focused that sometimes I wasn't able to be fully present. And so gratitude was able to bring me to there. And over the last few years, I've turned that from something that was a struggle of mine into something that's becoming one of my superpowers into something that I'm like, okay, I now know how to really dream big, but also live big right now. And that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And so for me, I'm, that's something that I'll always be working on because I can easily get excited by what's to come and sometimes forget that, well, the best time that ever exists is right now. Because it's the only time that's guaranteed and the future is only the present once, right? Like, mm -hmm. and in a weird way, like the moment that we're in right now is the only time that actually matters. And so I'm really constantly working on always being more present. And also when I have these ambitions and these goals and these habits, it's okay to make adjustments to routine or to habits if it's going to serve myself at a greater level versus just saying I have to be a part of this routine because it's what I said I was going to do. It's about having that permission and forgiveness within yourself to become the better version of myself. And it's hard for me to word that like perfectly because it's, I'm constantly still figuring out and learning. But I think that's like a big evolution for me as an entrepreneur, as I go from six to seven figures and beyond. And also just as a person, both in my intimate relationships, as well as just my professional relationships and personal relationships. And you know, one of the things that I heard that's a very important question that you ask your audience is what is your definition of success, right? Yeah, I love asking people this question because it's amazing. And for me, success is having the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. That's a great definition. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And so Jake, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? I think, you know, what concerns me the most about leadership and this is a problem because most people aren't even aware that it's a problem, is when we're building relationships, because I believe leadership is heavily dependent on your relationship and your ability to inspire people to stand up for a greater purpose than just themselves. And so if that's part of the case when it comes to leadership, well, one of the things that innately we're focused on is ourselves and serving ourselves. That's part of who we are. We tend to focus on ourselves first and we need to fill up our own cup before we can give to others. But when it comes to relationships to other people, most people 
tend to have a me mentality versus a we mentality. And what I really mean by this and why this is a concern of mine is people don't realize they have a me mentality. They think their intentions are great by trying to build something greater, but really it's doing it out of service for themselves. And what we have to realize is that a me mentality are people that ask questions like, what can you do for me? How can I use our relationship to get to where I want to go? Versus a we mentality, which is what can we do for each other? How can we help each other get to where we want to go? How can we achieve this goal that will make everybody better? Because leadership isn't about you just getting the credit. It's about you building up the team to achieve something better. So that's something that I'm a little bit concerned about because it's not something that we talk about as often as some of the other concerns that are maybe more apparent when it comes to leadership. And then what am I hopeful for? Well, I'm hopeful for, especially right now, that we're going to see people step up and solve big problems. And we are going to see more movements. We're going to see more people rise above the hate, the division, the coronavirus, the pandemic. And we're going to see people find ways to bring the world together and solve big problems. And I'm very hopeful. And it's amazing timing that you asked this because I was just talking with a friend of mine and his mission is to change the world. It's CTW. And he runs a company called Liquid IV, which is incredible. And his whole mission is to change the world. And Talking with people like him and the visions that he has and the vision that I have, I am hopeful that there are so many people in the world that have similar visions and we're going to continue to act on it. And now is the time to make that change. Great insights. So let's say you're speaking to someone who has a me mentality and they're trying to shift. What would you tell them? What's one of the first things they could do to see if they do have a me mentality and then what can they do to shift? I'm going to share how I figured it out because I think this is how it will really help other people to see it versus me just giving a hypothetical here is I had a me mentality, even though I thought I had a we mentality for the longest time. And it wasn't because I didn't care about others. I still really did. I still wanted to help a lot of other people and I was making a big difference. But a lot of the things that I was doing was focused on my success and the recognition that was brought to me because of those relationships or because of that impact. And the change that I was able to see, and I think it boils down to this, when somebody that is your friend or even someone that's maybe even a competitor, but also kind of a friend, or when someone's in your same space, do you root for them to succeed and believe that it's possible for you both to win? Or do you secretly hope, and this is something no one will ever admit outwardly, but do you secretly internally hope they don't have that much success because I want to be above them, right? Like I kind of want to make sure I'm more successful than them. That mental shift is when you know you've completely switched over from a me mentality to a we mentality because I knew I got guilty. I got jealous of people when I started to see them have all these successes. And I'm like, why isn't this happening to me? I'm not there yet. But it's not about the comparison. It's about the collaboration. The comparison will slow your growth from where it is you want to go. Where when you focus on achieving success or rooting for others, you start to see abundance in what's possible. Because I'm going to make a very hard truth right here. There is enough space in this world for us all to be winners. And we do not need to tear people down or secretly hope they don't succeed just so we can get our shot in our spotlight. Instead, use that as motivation to rise above and continue to use that to accelerate your growth. Because when you're both competing at the highest level, you're going to serve a greater group of people. I love that because comparison does slow your growth and it steals your joy. Now, you have an option here. You can either answer a question from a former guest or you can share a challenge, a struggle, or a failure that you learned from. 
Uh, give me a random question here. <laughs> I knew you would do that. Okay, yeah. so Jake Thompson has a question for you. What is one thing that you can do to extend your awareness to someone who is not like you? Of course, we had a conversation about you know the racial tensions in this country and, and what was going on. And this was a great question that he poses. Okay, so reframe that one more time because this is a okay, loaded so, question. So yeah, so what is one thing that you can do to extend your awareness to someone who is not like you? So I'm going to give a part A and a part B here. The one thing part A is to continuously and always be unapologetically yourself. Because when the right time comes and the people are ready for you, they will be at your doorstep. Part B to that is to also at the same time, let people know they're welcome. Because so often, so often, all it takes for us to change our mindset, to believe somebody has the answers, to bring awareness to people that aren't like us, is to let them know that they're welcome around people like us. And whether that's an energy, whether that's the way you look, whether that's your religious backgrounds, whether that's the, your messaging, whatever it is, right? There's so many ways that we're all different in this world. But oftentimes, all we're seeking is for someone to let us know that we're loved, that we're heard, that we're valued, and that we belong. And that's one of the best ways. So that's why it's a part A and part B, because it goes hand in hand when you can be unapologetically you and be proud of that and own yourself, but also letting everyone know that they are welcome. And these are the values you share because there's other ways to connect than just the way somebody may look or appear on the onset. Great. Thank you. Now, as a listener of this podcast, what is a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Oh, golly. This is my go-to question. How do you relentlessly pursue your definition of success while at the same time enjoy the journey of life? I love it. That's probably going to be a key question of mine. It's, <laughs> yes, a, great it one. it's a great one. Thank you so much. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, yeah, I'll throw one more thing out. This comes from my dad. You know, we started talking about the people that I've learned from. And so I'll finish with something that I've taken away that will change everything that we view in our life that we know is true. And that's, I was writing my first book. I'm sitting around. Again, I had no idea what I was doing. I was nervous. I had all the doubts. What if no one buys this book? What if no one reads this book? What if I put in all this time and effort and, and people start talking behind my back? Why is anyone going to pay me money about this topic, right? I had every doubt in the game. And my dad looks at me and he goes, Jake, everybody wants the shortcut. Everybody always wants the shortcut to success, to wealth, to fame, to whatever. He said, but there is no shortcut. And then he paused and we get into these emotional talks and, we, and he paused. And then he says, actually, Jake, there is one shortcut. And he said, the only shortcut in life is to start now. And he said, because I promise you that if you start right now, I promise you that good things are going to happen because of the actions you took today. I don't know what those actions are. I don't know where you're going to end up because of this, but I know good things and opportunities will come but you have to start now. And so that's what I'd say to anybody. We all have the same doubts. You're not alone in that. We all are worrying about the same thing. We all have the same concerns, the same limiting beliefs. But even in the face of those, acknowledge them, recognize them, and take action anyway. Because the only shortcut in life is to start now. And whether you're in your teens, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, whatever generation you're in, your message really resonates. And you've certainly elevated me and I love who you are in this world. And I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. Thank you, Lily, for having me. It was great. 
In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.